Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the 30 and Thriving Kinda. podcast. We are your co-hosts. My name is Kendra. And my name is Ashley. Welcome. From a trip. Yes, we just uh, spent a week in California. We saw uh, one of Joe's friends, spent St. Patrick's Day with him, and then we had a two night stay that turned into a three night stay on Catalina Island. Ooh, great place to end up three nights. Yeah. Um, weather, right? Yeah, the weather was pretty bad. I don't know, you know, if you've been watching the news about Los Angeles, but actually a tornado touched down there yesterday. Were you there when the tornado touched down? Um, we were coming back from Catalina Island. I think that was in the morning, but yeah, so we were in California. But so that's what happened two days ago that um, the weather was really bad, so they moved our flight, but then we went to go check into the fer- not really check into the ferry but keep an eye on all the ferries and we had 11 o'clock um ferry ride back and that got canceled they said maybe the three o'clock that ended up getting canceled so we went to go you know readjust our our times for the ferry ride and they said two minutes ago we canceled all the rest of the ferry rides for today so um that's why it got extended an extra day and i'm so glad it did we had so much fun Love it. Okay, you just made me think of the um, 30 pieces of advice podcast or episode that we just did. And one of those pieces of advice was find three good things in, like, what may be considered a bad situation. Mm. And when you were telling me about this earlier, that's absolutely what you were doing. You're like, we got to do this, and this happened. We got to do this. Like, you found the good. And what some people would have been like, oh, my God, we had to stay an extra night. Chaotic. Like, Joe felt a little bit of chaos. Yes. I mean, I can see how people who are very, like, structured and disciplined um, and need to go with a set plan can feel thrown off guard and maybe like uncomfortable but for me I'm I'm all about especially like traveling traveling I can completely just wing it go Mm -hmm. without a plan I love that and I'm totally fine so I think like the balance is there like Joe definitely needed someone like me to pull out the fun in it and realize like it's not the end of the world like if there were two Joes together (laughs) It would have spiraled. It would have been a lot of bitching. Like, we ended up going to um, some other restaurants that we hadn't checked out on the island yet. We Yeah, we ran into some friends that we had made the day before, and they were amazing, like, awesome people. Um, They're in their 50s, and it was actually fun because I got to bring up the podcast a little bit, and the wife was so excited to hear that we had a podcast, and I had asked her... What is a piece of advice that you would you would give your younger self? We like, have so basically, to do a podcast episode around this where we ask older women yeah, what advice they give thirty something. Totally. Well, yeah. and men too. Actually, the husband chimed in, but his wasn't as good. But <laughs> that's why we don't ask the men. Right? <laughs> they don't know. They're still figuring it out. Yeah. But um, no, she was really excited to hear that we had an episode, two episodes based off of advice we would give our younger selves, and. Um, Hers was really cool. What was it? Um, Well, I asked for a lot of advice because her and her husband had been married now for 30, 
They have been together, I think, for 32 years. Mm, it's like, what is the secret? Yes. So for their marriage, she said, always have fun and and um, apologize quickly. Good advice. Yes. That's powerful. Yeah. And then for her piece of advice that she'd give her younger self is to not be afraid of failure. Mm, and I was we like, like her. Yes, I know. I was like, you are, can be our third co-host because it was everything that we had already talked about, too. Cool. So, no, it was really neat. And she was just saying, because she has three sons, two of them are 24, and the, they're twins, obviously, and then one's like 20 or 22 years old. And one of the twins had moved to Los Angeles, so that's why they were there visiting. Uh-huh. And he had never trained in dancing like he's not like a trained dancer and he is right now one of the backup dancers for that the asian boy group that pop group that's really famous right now it's like, oh like a k-pop group yes how cool yeah he's a backup that's dancer so inspiring she showed me video of him on stage dancing with like the whole crew and this kid is talented and has never been trained wow yeah so she was saying i wish when i was my son's age that I was just as fearless and I just like wasn't afraid to fail and that I just went after whatever I wanted to do. That's a really beautiful story. Mm -hmm. I love that. Okay. Well, let's talk more about travel. Yeah. I feel like, um, I feel like there's so much perspective that can be gained in traveling, especially like when you're, even if it's not traveling abroad, like you gain a ton of perspective traveling abroad, like Mm -hmm. you had a ton of experience Mm -hmm. with that. But even, like, traveling locally or traveling um, through the United States, like, meeting people and learning about their lives gives you so much perspective. So, I love traveling. Um, I also feel like we get to choose what our life is going to be like. And travel has become such an important part of my life Mm -hmm. because it allows me to, like gain perspective um it allows me to slow down and it like reminds me that life is a journey and it's fun and it doesn't have to be serious pin to paper all the time Mm -hmm. you know and that's something that you just learned more recently right yeah I mean well growing up I, I know you traveled a lot I did not like the only times I ever traveled as a kid was with Um, like I went to California one time because a family friend was going and I hopped in the car with them. Um, I went to New Mexico a couple times with my grandparents because my cousins lived there and like, that was pretty much it. Like I never traveled with my parents. I, I did not fly until I was 21. Stop. Yeah. And And then in 2019 is when I really started craving travel. I flew more in 2019 than I did my entire life that one year. That is wild. Yeah. And then I went and lived in a van. Okay, so where did you go when you were, when it, 2019? So how old were you then? I don't know. 28? Something like that. Uh Uh-huh. That is crazy. I know. Well, where was your first flight to? Las Vegas for my 21st birthday. Nice. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 
That was We'll fun. take it. Yeah, that was a good first flight. And it was short, too, you know, yeah. from Colorado to Vegas, so it was a good experience. I also, side note, I get butterflies really easily, so whenever we were, like, taking off and landing, I literally laugh. Like, I can't help but oh laugh. Oh, my God, that's Every hilarious. time. So I'm, like, just sitting there in the corner, especially when I'm flying alone, and I'm like... <laughs> That's like a weird, <laughs> but okay. I cannot help it. I get the giggles so easily. That's but so anywho, funny. Yeah, so I don't know where I traveled in 2018, but um, I've still only been out of the United States one time, and it was Mexico. And when was that? Um, that was when my ex-husband and I, you know what I did? This is horrible. I took my... Um, student loans for college my last year and I went to Mexico (laughs) oh my god you know what at least it was for that and not like a Gucci belt so we'll take it (laughs) yeah so we yeah we went to Mexico it was the only time I traveled with my ex-husband in the nine years we were together and how so how was it it was great it was actually a really really great vacation um, I just value vacation in travel more than he did, so he, he was never up to pay for it. It was always something that was coming out of my pocket. You paid for both of your trips? Yeah. Or, well, we only did one trip together, and I paid for both of us on that trip. Yeah, that's bullshit. Yeah. Damn. I mean, whatever. But it was fun, and it was great. We had a good time. And then... I bet he did. <laughs> Free trip must be nice. Well, I mean, honestly, right now, the U.S. government paid for our trip. Mm. <laughs> I'm just paying the U.S. government back for the trip now. <laughs> it's a borrowed trip. Yeah. All right. Um, okay, so what have been... What... Like, what? why do you love to travel? Let's start there. Travel? Well, first of all, it's like a break from life, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's so easy to get caught up in the day-to-day and like you said, the pen to paper of life, going to work, going to the grocery store, working out, taking care of the house, taking care of other people. Um, so I just value vacation. I think a lot too was when I was working in the restaurant industry and then I would finally go on vacation and I'm like looking at the time and I'm like, ooh, I would be clocking into work right now, mm. suckers, but I'm on the beach. Yeah. Um, so that's always fun. But I really like to travel too because you just get to experience other cultures. Yeah. Um, so I love, you know, when I travel, it's not necessarily like about like arts and entertainment as much as it is about being immersed in their culture of food mostly like food, you're a foodie yes food and we wine. should do a whole podcast on food oh girl don't even get started <laughs> yes that would need to be a video like just table full of food um that would be fun but yeah I just really love like going to being in Europe and trap like trying different wines from different regions Mm. and checking out like their you know coffee shops and pubs and things like that so like the lifestyle of other countries yes I love that yeah that's super cool what's like the most valuable perspective that you've gotten from traveling abroad Mm. I don't I think just like there's other people that I think a big part of it is how blessed we are to live in America and, like, how free our world is. So some of my travels have been to Romania, Mm -hmm. and that was for a missions trip. So we were there spending time with orphaned youth. We put on a summer camp for these orphaned youth. And um, 
it's hard to tell people who have suffered all their lives, like, oh, just have faith, believe in God, you know. So I didn't want to push that, and really we weren't there to push that. It was more there to, like, be with them, spend time with them, show them love. And I did not realize what I was getting myself into. And two weeks later when I came home from that trip, I just found myself so depressed at Mm. home. Like, just... I felt empty being here, and it was just bizarre that I could go to my own... I'm in my own house with, you know, my mom's at work, my brother's at school or whatever he was doing, and I could have this whole house to myself. I could watch TV. I could nap. I can go on the internet. I could eat whenever I wanted to. I could go to the open the fridge, eat whatever I wanted to. I could go down the street and get Wendy's or whatever. Anytime that I wanted to, I could eat, drink, sleep, do whatever. And just knowing that these kids, my same age, were experiencing abuse and, like, a hierarchy of, like, um, just power, even in the orphanage. Mm. Like, there was, like, a cigarette ring and, like, they would have the people, like, the younger kids or the weaker kids go buy the cigarettes for them and then, or, like, sell the cigarettes for them or whatever. But just, like, abuse in every way that you could think about and how sad it is and they don't have money they don't have freedom to just like nap in peace you know because there's so many kids to a room or to trust that they're not going to get like sexually abused or anything like that to get food I mean one of the kids was telling me which not even kids she's like literally my age and I was I think 18 19 and 20 at the time and she was just saying sometimes she's so hungry that she would go out to the to the field and eat grass with the horses. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And another kid was saying that they would only get, like, five minutes to eat. So they would get, like, one ladle of um, – one or two ladles of soup and then a piece of bread. And if they're not done in five minutes, like – they're, they have to be done. Wow. And so you would see these kids at camp, and they would just scarf their food down so fast. So just, like, seeing that and then being able to come home and be in this free country and this free environment and have the freedom to do whatever we want, make whatever decisions we want. Like, the world is, like, full of opportunity for us, whereas, like, for them it's not. That's the perspective that I got from from that trap like those travels that's probably like the best eye-opening experience that I've had I've heard people explain coming back from third world countries very similar to the way that you've explained it where it's like you experience it and you're seeing it firsthand and then you come back home and you you have this wave of depression and it's like the way I've heard it explained is it's almost like this shame that you don't appreciate what you have because there are people out there who are experiencing life in such a different and scarce way mm-hmm. and they're still figuring out how to make it work. Yeah. And we're over here like crying about the fact that a co- somebody cut us off earlier. Right. Like like that ruins lucky, our whole day. We're lucky we even have cars. Right. Yeah. That's powerful. It really is. Yeah. I I feel like that can be one of the most powerful things about traveling is just gaining perspective about, like, what's really happening in the world and allowing us to remember that there's so much gratitude to have. Like, even people who have it really bad here in America probably could still share about things that they have that children in Romania don't have. Mm -hmm. Like, it's 
it reminds us to think about even when things are hard in our lives, there's still so much to be grateful for. Yeah. You know, I'm grateful that I have a car. I'm grateful that I have money that I can put gas into my car. I'm grateful that I have a roof over my head that mm-hmm. I don't have to share with 12 other people right. in 800 square feet. Like, there's so much to be grateful yeah. for. Yeah. I mean, and I have stories for days on that. Like, I mean, one day we should have um, one of the other members on the Mercy Ministry staff on the podcast to talk about it in more detail but it's like crazy what these kids go through in their young ages Wow! like things that we can't even fathom like your job will be on the floor if you hear what they've gone through so it's just like yeah there is a level of like shame or guilt or like just feeling lost Mm. like you know when you're 18 and you're just like whatever living every day to day and I was working as a lifeguard and having like the best time of my life and then to have gone on this trip and to come back and be like what like what does this all mean you know what's it all for it's it's like a really bizarre feeling but I mean and that's another aspect of travel that I do wish other people could have and a perspective to have but other travel is more fun as well. <laughs> yeah, but let's let's flip the switch. So, biggest perspective was Romania, and I think that that's a great reminder of the people who can experience travel. And part of travel too is like, you know, first you have to have enough finances to be able to pay your bills, and then second, once you start to get some play money or some extra income, like I think a lot of people will choose immediate gratification over long term reward when they start to get a little bit of play money. Mm-hmm. And that was absolutely like my family. My family preferred things over experiences. Mm-hmm. So I think of like you know a lot of people may never be able to make it out of the country to go travel, which but, breaks my heart. Yeah, but the people who maybe do have that choice and do have a little bit of extra money I think it is a good reminder of it's a great idea to set a little bit of that money aside to try to make it somewhere international where you can gain some perspective because it's going to teach you to be a better human being Mm -hmm. okay let's flip the switch favorite place you've ever traveled Ooh, my favorite place in the world is Madrid Spain I've been there twice, once in high school and then once right outside of high school. And I don't know, there's just an energy and vibe there. The food is amazing. The structural, like the architecture there Mm -hmm. is phenomenal. And there's this place called Plaza Mayor and it's like the central plaza. It was so fun. My favorite memory there is um, during like soccer tournaments, like soccer is obviously huge in Europe. And it was, like, Poland against Germany. Like, it wasn't even Spain in it. And everyone went to this plaza, and, like, you have these different countries, like, you know, doing their cheers. And, like, so it's, like, this whole plaza just, like, doing the same cheer and stuff. And then one of the teams scored and won, and it was just, like, mayhem. Like, it was so crazy, so fun. Just the energy is so wild. And, like, the buildings are so old, and you're, like, in these cobblestone, like, it's like a labyrinth, like oh, walking down. It's really cool. Okay, so what you said about the um, the game, the football games in soccer, Spain, er, yes. soccer, but football look at you, football, football, football. You're ready. You're ready to go. <laughs> the soccer football games yes. that are <laughs> that are out there. Yes. 
Okay, so you're talking about like the ambiance. I just heard on the radio that going to a live um, professional game, that ambiance is the same experience, like the same excitement as the excitement when you get a new job. Oh. So going to live games is supposed to be really good for your mental health. Okay, interesting. Yeah. So that's probably what you were experiencing, like the endorphins and yes. all that stuff that you... The energy. Yeah, it's all good, it healthy powerful. vibes. Yeah, so yeah. if anybody feels depressed, you don't have to travel. Just go to a live sporting event. There you go. <laughs> you know what? I do love that. Yeah. Hockey's my favorite. But anyway, um, and then also in Spain... Okay, so the food, amazing. My favorite trip there, though, was in high school. I was a junior in high school, and we went to Spain for a class field trip. Okay. For, like, two weeks. So we traveled through probably six different locations. And um, when we were at this beach town, Javia, which is, like, north of Valencia, and we all stayed with families there like on our own with families so we all had to like speak span like my family didn't speak speak <laughs> speak my family didn't speak a lick of english so i literally had to like pull out my dictionary all the time to like try to like and you didn't have like google saying. voice to no sing. there yeah. were no smartphones <laughs> like you couldn't translate yeah oh no Dang. Yeah, it Wait, was so much fun. Wait, can you speak Spanish? No. No. I've so tried. you just had to figure it out while you were there. I mean, I was in Spanish class, but, like, I didn't pay attention. It, so it was rough. Yeah, it was really rough. But we had the best time. And my family, it was two little girls, and then the mom, and then her, like, German boyfriend. And when, on my last day, we went to the park and made paella in the park. It was, like, this huge pan and they put it on the grill, and it was, like, rice and sausage oh, and lamb yum. and shrimp. And it was phenomenal. It was my one of my favorite meals ever. Wow. I've had a few favorite meals, and that was one of them. Dang. That's so yeah. cool. What an experience. Yeah, and then we saw um, a bullfight. Of course, course super you have cool. to, right? yeah. yeah. I think they're, like, starting to get, like, outlawed. Oh, really? Yeah, because of, like, PETA... Like, oh, you're killed, like, you're truly, they're truly, it really is. Like, it's oh. pretty fucked up, actually. But I'm glad I got to see one. And then what else? Yeah, just traveling. So it was just so much fun because you're with, like, your high school friends. And I'm going to be real with you. Our teachers did not give a shit. And so nobody knows this. Like, the parents don't know this. But we were drinking, like, the whole time. And the teachers knew you guys were drinking? The teachers didn't say anything, so I think they were just hoping for the best and just... How old were you guys? I was 16. And in Spain, are you allowed to drink at 16? I'm sure. Yeah. I, I'm sure 16 is the age or something like that. I mean, we went to bars and there were kids young. They were like 12-year-olds. So no wild. Joke. But yeah, there was a night that we... I don't know. We just, like, went out all together because we were supposed to be with our families. But four of us, like, our family, three of the families knew each other. My my family didn't know them, but we just asked for permission. They were like, yeah, go out and have fun. So we just, like, booked it in someone's car and drove to, like, the discotheques and just partied all night. Oh, my gosh. At 16. <laughs> yeah. And then I came back to the house, and it was, like, 3 or 4 in the morning, and I woke up, and she, even the host mom was like, oh, did you drink too much? Oh, my God. I'm like, no. 
Yes. Uh, uh, see. <laughs> no, say, no, say, no, comprende. <laughs> no, comprende. No alcohol here. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was so much fun, though. It was like one of those trips where you're like, we'll, we'll never be able to replicate this, mm. and it's okay. But it was like the coolest thing ever. Like, best mm. experience ever. Okay, that was your favorite trip. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking about my favorite trip. I, I feel like if I'm going to have to say my favorite trip, I don't know. Like, can I just say van life? Yeah. Van life was my favorite trip. Yeah. <laughs> well, you got to travel all over. Yeah. I I think I counted it one time, and we hit 22 states oh, in man. six months. Oh, damn. Yeah. Which That's wild. It is crazy. And when I say we hit 22 states, what that means for what I mean by, like, we hit 22 states is that we... I think I counted it by we at least stayed the night okay. in that state Damn. at least one time. The only state that does not count towards that is um, Alabama, but I count it because we spent eight hours there. Mm. So, and then everywhere else we stayed at least one night in that okay. state. Yeah, and then I think my favorite place there. Uh, there's two that are really close. Okay. So. It's either Pensacola Beach, because what was amazing is we got to, like, park pretty much, like, it, the parking lot went right up to the beach. So we open up the back doors, and we could put our feet in the sand. Damn. And we were, we're supposed to stay on Pensacola Beach for three days. We stayed there for three weeks. Oh, my gosh. It was amazing. And then just down the street was this oyster bar that was to die for. Oh, yeah. So we would go get these delicious oysters. I didn't think you would like oysters. Oh, yeah. I'm a fan. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then we would pop over to the convenience store right next to there, grab a bottle of wine, grab some stuff for mimosas, and then we would drink wine all night long at the beach. How fun. Yeah. And then in the morning, we'd pop open the mimosas and drink mimosas in the morning. Oh it was my gosh. amazing. That sounds awesome. It was awesome. fantastic. Yeah. We were supposed to be working. We did not get a lot of work done on Pensacola Beach. My second favorite place, though, probably was the Smoky Mountains. Mm, I love the great things. Yeah, because okay, here's the thing about the Colorado Mountains I don't love the Alta. Even though I am a Colorado gal, born and raised, the mountains have never liked me. I get up in the altitude and I get a headache. I get super dehydrated. Doesn't matter how much water I drink, like, yeah. and I can't breathe up there. I just struggle in the Colorado Mountains. Like hiking okay. is rough for me. I have no endurance. I, like, I'm the last person hiking in Colorado, and everybody's waiting for me. Like, it's miserable. Oh, my god! That's me hiking in Colorado. Hiking in the Smokies, I was, like, running the trails because I could breathe. (laughs) I own these trails. (laughs) Yeah. So I loved that I could actually hike and breathe. I was like, oh, this is why people enjoy hiking. They're not dying. Oh, my God. Well, that's why, like, Olympians come to Colorado to train is... Yeah to like really train their lungs for sure and I'm sure if I lived in uh, Tennessee and then was hiking it would be different because I'd get acclimated but I mean I don't know I was in Florida three weeks before that so but it was great it was so much fun um it's so green there Mm. that's like you it almost looks like you're wearing like HD goggles or something it's so green and so yellow and so that was my favorite part about it it was just so beautiful and then on your way into the Smoky Mountains, there's this place called Pigeon Forge. It is the weirdest place ever. Just out of nowhere. Like, you're just driving along, and then out of nowhere, you enter into this town, and it's like a miniature Las Vegas. 
Oh, interesting. It is so weird. Like, Ripley's Believe It or Not, Upside Down House is there. What? There's a, like, live scale, ti- or, like, a not not a real scale, but, like, a tour of the Titanic, and there's a giant Titanic there. Like, it's just this huh. weird, random-ass place in the middle of Tennessee, and we're like, what is this? Wow. Like, wax museums, restaurants, all kinds okay. of things. Interesting. So, those are probably my two favorite like experiences um and then i niagara falls i gotta put on there too i saw niagara falls which was cool Mm. those were my faves that's awesome okay i'm gonna need to look more into this little weird town that you're talking about pigeon forge look it up it is so like it is so weird were there any scary moments during (laughs) van life (laughs) that's a good question so people ask you that and um what's really funny is so we traveled for like we traveled in February for about three weeks, came back to Colorado, traveled again for a couple of months, came back to Colorado for the summer, and then went out again. So it wasn't six months straight, mm-hmm. it was like a couple months here and there. And when we came back to Colorado for the summer, we ran across this article that's like 10 worst cities to be in in the United States. I think we had, like, stayed overnight in at least five of those. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. So, the city of Pensacola. So, Pensacola Beach is really wealthy and very beautiful. But then Pensacola itself is actually, like, very low income and very unsafe. Mm -hmm. We were doing... So, my ex-boyfriend was selling life insurance at the time. So, we were going into the city of Pensacola to sell life insurance. And I'm not kidding you. I was sitting in the van while he was, like, doing a deal in a house. And this house had, like, 20, 30 kids running in and out of it. And these women just cussing at these kids as loud as possible. I will beat you, you little... Like, just... It was complete chaos. It was just insanity. Like, you could... We were absolutely in the ghetto. Um, So we stayed the night there, and that was on one of the top ten places. Um... We stayed the night in Memphis. In Memphis, we stayed there for, like, a week, and it was rough. Like, we saw needles everywhere. Um, We had to stay in a Bass Pro uh, parking lot because there wasn't really anywhere, like, any places that you could stay in. Sometimes we'd stay in, like, nice neighborhoods. You couldn't find a nice neighborhood to stay in. Like, there were homeless people always walking around. Yeah, we were driving. Looking for places to stay. Yeah, you would drive oh, in, yeah, in van life. You kind of there's an app that you can look at to see like where people stay. And in Memphis, like the only place that people said was somewhat safe to stay was Bass Pro Shop. And there's all like usually when you stay the night in these places, like usually there's other van life people there, RVs. Like it's kind of this like community of people. Mm-hmm. But it was there were absolutely like broke down trucks that looked like they could barely drive staying there like it looked like sketchy ass people were staying in the bass like homeless people not van life people (laughs) yeah and i mean a lot of van life people are quote unquote homeless because they sell their things and go live in their van but like it it was people who were like barely making not you on drugs yes kind of like environment they were forced into the van life yeah they didn't choose the van life life chose them (laughs) (laughs) yeah so staying in the bass pro shop was really sketchy we stayed there for like a week and i had a hard time sleeping every night but there was a security guard that would come around every night which was nice 
Um, so that was in the top 10 worst places. Did you ever get kicked out of parking lots? Yeah, there was one time that we were in Florida. I think we were in Tampa. And um, you can, like, get off of this highway to go fishing on the beach. And you can park your car on the beach. And so we're like, sweet, somewhere we can stay the night on the beach. Well, we're sitting, like, we decided we're going to try to stay the night there. And a lot of times signs are posted up that say, like, no overnight parking. Um, but we didn't see anything, so we're like, let's give it a go. Worst case scenario, we get woken up in the middle of the night. So at 11 o'clock at night, we these bright lights come shining into the van. And I'm, like, fast asleep. So bright lights come shining into the van. And then I hear whoop, 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 whoop. And it's the police running their sirens. And so I'm like, what's happening? What's happening? And all I see is all this light. And I'm not comprehending that, like, police are whoop whooping at us quite yet. I like, it was aliens. I'm, well, no. I'm just like, what is happening? So I look at the clock, and it's 11 o'clock. And I'm like, I had an appointment at, like, 1030. And so I look at it, and it's 11 o'clock, and it's bright lights. Oh and I'm like, God. oh, my God, I missed my appointment. I need to go. And no, Ashley, no, the cops are kicking us out. And I was like, we need to go. And he's like, no, Ashley, it's 11 o'clock at night. Oh, <laughs> that's the worst when you panic like that. I've had moments like yeah. that. So it was 11 o'clock at night. We got kicked out. We had to go find somewhere else mm. to park. There was a Cracker Barrel nearby. Like, that's where everybody goes when you don't know where to go. Why is Cracker Barrel the place to be? They even have RV parking. Like, they have spots oh. specifically for you okay. to stay overnight. Okay. And then talk to us about, like, your shower situation, your eating situation. Oh, we're getting into it. Okay. So um, we never showered. We just, like, got into the ocean when we could. Cute. <laughs> we wiped up. Really no. salty. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, so Planet Fitness is, like, everywhere. We just got a membership with Planet Fitness. And so, we, actually, when we first started van life, we wouldn't even go work out at Planet Fitness. We would just go in, shower, and then go for the day. Nice. And then we finally decided, okay, let's get some workouts in. So it actually helped us be accountable to working out. We, I, I swear, this is gross, but I think I showered more in van life than I did when I came back from van life. Because it's part of your routine. You get up every day, you go to the gym, you hop in the shower, and then you get going. Mm. Whereas, like, when you get back, like... I don't shower every day anymore. Like, what? <laughs> no. I probably shower, like, every other day. Like, because your skin, for, you. for me, I've heard that if you shower too often, your skin gets really dry and doesn't get its natural oils and stuff. It's but weird. in van life, you get dirty a lot quicker, so you, like, kind of want to shower yeah. more frequently. Um, but then at home, like... No, I've had friends who will go, like, a couple days without showering. Yeah, I wash my hair, like, every three or four days. I wash my hair every other day, okay. sometimes every two days, um, but I shower every day. Yeah. I'm trying to... But my skin shower. is very dry. Is it? Oh, always. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we showered at Planet Fitness. Um, eating, to be honest, we ate out a lot. Like, so we built out the van ourselves, and there were there were some things that we like really didn't think that we needed, and we built out two vans. We did one van that we lived in for like three weeks, and we're like, okay, we're gonna do this real. We're gonna build out a real van. So then we built out a second van, but we didn't think that we like needed a sink, and we had like some counter space to prep. 
Um, but like doing dishes after cooking in the van because we didn't have a sink was really rough. So we would buy like jugs of water and then I'd have to like soap it up and like try to clean it with a jug of water. And and, like, it just wasn't the most efficient. Mm -hmm. So we ate out a lot. Um, breakfast was our favorite though. We always ate out for breakfast because you could find cool diners all over the place for super cheap. So there were times where we like walked away from breakfast with tip 20 bucks. Wow. Yeah. That was Memphis where it was okay. <laughs> we got out alive. Yeah. Um so yeah, we ate out a lot, but if you were if somebody was thinking like about doing van life, I my advice would definitely be have water. I like have a sink and then I even think that if I would if we would have just had like the big 5 gallon like jug things underneath the sink and a pump you can like Mm -hmm. do a foot pump that probably would have made dishes way easier which would have made cooking way easier and then we just had like a little um coleman propane grill thing that we cooked on okay yeah so we we cook like a lot of um one pan dishes nice yeah just like a meat and veggie when we did cook um, we do like a lot of sandwiches for lunch. I love a good sandwich. Yeah, we did a lot of sandwiches or wraps. Um, sometimes we'd swing by the grocery store and get like sushi for lunch. So it just kind of depend. Nice. Yeah, we ate a lot of steak because that was really easy to just like throw yeah. on the grill. A lot of steak and fish. How and fun! Then, and then the other question, the other big question I get with van life is like bathroom. Yes, where do you go to the bathroom? That was my next question. <laughs> so it's actually way easier. Than than you think so van life with the bathroom is much easier than you think um when my ex-boyfriend first went and did van life uh he went and started it without me and then he was sending me pictures of how beautiful it was and I was like okay I'm gonna go to go down to Florida I'm gonna try this out with him and I'll probably end up in a hotel in like two days and it was mainly around this idea of trying to figure out when to go to the bathroom how to go to the bathroom all of this like that was such a turnoff to me well when I got out there it was really it's really not that big of a deal like a lot of what we did was in cities so when you have like you're, you're smart about it first whenever you're out and about and there is a public restroom you think about it and you try to go to the bathroom then so like most of the time there's no like oh crap I need to go to the bathroom there's no bathroom because you're like when you're out and about you're constantly going you're aware of it and you're mm-hmm. going to the bathroom when we did have to go to the bathroom um the best place to go are nice hotels mm-hmm. you just find the nearest like decent hotel and then you just go to the bathroom there. They don't know that you're, like, not right. staying there. So you just run in, go to the bathroom, run out. You go to the bathroom in a nice hotel. You don't have to deal with it. Every once in a while, we'd have to go to, like, a gross gas station. There was this one time. It was late at night. There was no hotel. It was freaking Memphis. Don't go to Memphis. <laughs> <laughs> Moral of the story. We try to go to the bathroom, and they have all of the, the bathrooms locked because of the homeless people Mm -hmm. trying to shoot up in the bathrooms. So I'm, like, trying to get the key, and he's like, no, the bathrooms are broken, you can't go in. And I'm like, I have got to go to the bathroom, like, so bad. And they wouldn't let me in. And I'm like, I am going to, and I'm pretty sure it was, like, number two, you know? I'm like, I'm going to poop myself if we don't find somewhere to go to the bathroom. So after, like, three or four places looking around, we finally found, like, a thing of McDonald's that was open that I went to the bathroom. So I think we tried two gas stations, and then finally we got into a McDonald's or Starbucks. So we got really smart on gas stations you think are the best place. They really aren't. Find a hotel, a McDonald's, or a Starbucks. Um, gas stations are the dirtiest bathrooms, I feel like. They are, too. Grocery really stores are. are pretty good. 
Oh, yeah. We went to the bathroom at grocery stores every once in a while. Um, and then uh, there was never a time that, like, there was such an emergency that we had to, like, poop in a bag or anything like that. Okay, thank God. Yeah, <laughs> like, no there, there's enough access to... Because here's the deal. Either when you're in, you're in a city and you're near a bathroom, or you're in the... Like, if you're not in the city and near the bathroom, that means it's remote enough that you can just find somewhere to go outside. Yeah. And so that's what we did. That's what would end up happening. Um, and then I did get a she which is, like, a girl's little cup that you put on to pee. Oh, my God. I was wondering if you are going to... Yeah. So, like, in the morning <laughs> when you first wake up, the first thing that everybody has to do is pee, right? Mm-hmm. And so, if we weren't somewhere that was remote where I could just, like, I would just sit on the side of the van and go pee, that's what I would do when we were in a remote place. But if we weren't in a remote place, I would just she it into a bottle. That is so disturbing. And then it was fine. It was great. So... I don't think I would ever be able to do that. <laughs> I can't get past the name. If you would have told me that I had to pee in this funnel in order to do van life before I experienced all the amazing parts about van life, I would have been like, I'm out. No. And that's one of the things that I told my ex. I said, I'm not going to the bathroom, like, in the wilderness. I don't do that. And so I need to have access to a bathroom. And he's like, I will make sure you have access to a bathroom. And then slowly but surely, I got comfortable with just Mm. doing it. Because it was like, either hold it forever and be dying or just go pee in a cup real yeah. quick. Like, man, you really have to get comfortable with the person you're with. Oh yeah, I mean we were peeing in, in front life. of each other constantly. I'm fine with like peeing, like popping a squat, the shiwi thing. I don't know if I can get behind. <laughs> and when I hear guys say that they pee in like a water bottle or like a bottle, no, yeah, I can't get. Oh, behind he that. would do that all the time. He rarely would he go to the bathroom to go pee. He would just go pee in the water bottle no can't do it (laughs) not down for that anyway so what does make a good companion like what what makes a good travel companion oh that's a good question okay so for van life i think what makes a good travel companion is somebody who's willing to be like very spontaneous there's a lot of people that do van life and, like, have a whole schedule, and we tried to do that. But the reality is there's so much, like, crazy, cool, fun things that you run into that you, like, that Pigeon Forge place. Like, we had no idea we were going to run into that. So I think just being spontaneous and open to adventure and, like, willing to go do whatever the other one wants to go do. There was one day, like, um, we were eating breakfast, and then we saw people, um, uh, jet skis we saw jets a jet ski rental and nobody was out on the water and we're like it would be so cool to do those jet skis when nobody's there and we're like let's go do it like we were just spontaneous to go do stuff we found concerts the night of that were 20 bucks front row that we had no idea we were going to go to these concerts but they were we saw the like the advertisement for it we were in the town it was 20 bucks to get in the front row and i got this jacket signed like three or four times at concerts on the road. So I think spontaneity, just like being fully immersed in the present and in the adventure Mm -hmm. was the the best part about um, traveling with him. He was very good at spontaneity and that's something that I would definitely need if I did van life with somebody again. And then like there has to be a lot of comfortability and trust with that person because you are going to spend 24-7 with them. Mm -hmm. But you're having a great time. So usually in van life there's not a lot of conflict. Mm -hmm. At least that was our experience. So someone who wants to do van life it would be probably difficult for if they are a very structured person 
who doesn't so much like change as much. I think that is the best person to go to van life because that was me. Yeah. That was a hundred percent me. And when I said, here's, here's the one thing that I think is really great advice that I am good at doing. When I decide that I'm going to go do something that I am a novice in that I have no idea about, I like release all beliefs, ideas, prejudgments. I go in with a clean slate. So I knew going into, this is the same thing when I got into real estate. I had all these beliefs about how bad salespeople were. I had all these Mm. beliefs about like cold calling and contacting people and trying to sell them. Like, and I just said, I'm going to release all those beliefs. I'm going to do exactly what they tell me to do. And I built a very successful real estate career doing that. I went into van life with the same thing. I'm a very, very structured person. I need to like, when I planned the Mexico trip with my ex-husband, I knew what we were doing every single day. Mm. I knew how we were getting there, what car we had. Like I planned every detail of that trip because I needed the structure. Yeah. But then I decided, okay, if I'm going to do this, I know nothing about it. This is an opportunity for me to learn. So I'm going in with a completely clean slate and I am just going to allow my joy to choose how we're moving about this. And I just chose to have fun. And it taught me so much about letting go that all that structure and all of that, like it's so intense and so anxious ridden, you Mm -hmm. know, like needing all that control is is just your anxiety screaming and when you can let go of that like that was the best lesson ever so I think that anybody who is structured and organized and is OCD as me needs to go do van life and needs to just say I give up and like just do it I think you need to talk to Joe about that Do you don't want to get a van and we can all go do van life together? I mean, I'd be down. <laughs> I don't think Joe would ever do that. Well, we'll talk to him. No, we'll he to needs him. to hit the gym every day. He needs to he, eat We his get to food the gym every, every day. day. We will eat good food every day. I don't know. <laughs> I don't see that ever happen. If that happened, I would I'd be floored. You know, I, I think the the I went about van life the best possible way that you could, which is it like buy a cheap ass van when you first start. Like the van that my ex got was like a twenty five hundred dollar van. He put five hundred dollars into the build, and then we tried it out for three weeks. Go do that. Try it out for a few weeks. If you hate it, then just go sell the van. Like my ex put three grand into the van, sold it for five grand, made two thousand dollars. And then if you liked it, go build the right van for you. And if you didn't like it, you you spent three grand, which was the same that you'd spend if you go do like a nice trip somewhere. Yeah. Especially it's for not three gonna weeks. happen. Okay. Well anybody There's else no is way. listening. Yes. That's the way you do it. I think also, everyone should do it. I know, I, I do too. too. I think everybody should do it. Even if you like rent a Van, because yeah. you can do that too. Like rent it for a week and try it out in some other, yeah. like in some state or in Colorado. That would be fun. Yeah, it's a kick-ass time. Um, the other thing that I was thinking about, I remember reading too, is most people, most Americans, are in their nervous system is in. Um, I forget what it's called, but essentially the fight, fight or flight. Yeah, there's something like uh, I can't remember, but they're in that system a majority of time in their life because their job requires so much stress life requires so much stress so most of us are in fight flight or freeze at some level um all the time Mm -hmm. like we're constantly in it 
And when you're in vacation, it's one of the times that are constantly proving that you get out of fight, flight, or freeze. And that's why vacation feels so good is because your body is actually out of fight, flight, or freeze. Mm. And doing van life for so long pulled me out of fight, flight, or freeze. And usually when you go on vacation, you're out of it. You come back from vacation and you go right back into fight, fight, freeze because it's your norm. Mm -hmm. Well, I did van life for so long and got out of that, that when I came back from van life, I felt like I was much better to regulate out of that more frequently. So now I'm finding myself in my relaxed state more frequently in my normal life. Good. Which is a huge benefit of that. For sure. Yeah. So... I'm going to have a kid of van life. Go live your life in a van. Figure out a remote job and go live your life in a van. <laughs> in a van down by the river. Yeah, I mean, the rivers are cool too. <laughs> <laughs> Who is that? Um, what is that from? I forget his name. I don't. Adam Sandler? That guy in a little coat. It's that guy. I don't know what that is. Okay, so anyways. Sounds awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, let's do something fun. Let's talk about where we would like to visit in the future, where we would like to travel in the future. Yeah. Before we do that, will you tell me what you find in a good travel companion? Ooh. I think a lot like yours, like someone who's down to be spontaneous and can roll with the punches. Um, Someone who wants to, like, do the same things as you. So if food is important to you, someone who is also Mm -hmm. a foodie, like... With Joe and I, Joe is fine with just getting, like, a Subway sandwich and hanging out. And so I have to pull it out of him to want to try restaurants that we wouldn't normally go to in Colorado. Or that we we can't access, like, you know, try something new and something local. So he's, like, definitely getting used to that and realizing how fun it is to try new foods and drinks. good. Yeah, but it's, like, a struggle still. I mean, when we went on a road trip back to Indiana, I wanted to try, like, cute little, like, diners along the way or whatever for food, and he's like, babe, let's just stop and get a sandwich, please. Like, let's just get... So he's more focused on, like, the goal, and I'm, like, more focused on the journey. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I... Be patient with the person who is, I would say, maybe more new to traveling, so I've had to learn that, and then... Also, be on the same page with, like, money. Like, Mm. if someone is not able to spend as much money as the other person, it's not fun to go on a trip and, um, you know, have one person ready to go out and try Michelin star restaurants while the other one has a budget for hole-in-the-wall restaurants or taco trucks, you know? So being on the same page with that and having the same expectations and then... um, someone you feel safe with so being respectful if they don't feel safe talking you know if you have two girls on a trip and they don't want to talk to these guys or they don't want to go to the bar with these guys something like that watching each other's drinks just like having each other's back not leaving each other things like that so um when I was younger I think I was 20, so I was traveling with my friend Bree, and we were traveling through Europe before we got to Romania, and we were kind of stuck at this train station until it opened, and we were so tired, so we, but it was like a packed train station in this room, it was just like packed, and no one spoke English, we were the only Mm. ones that were English speakers, and these three or four guys were like 
eyeing us the whole time. It was so uncomfortable. We were both so exhausted. So I was like, okay, you sleep. And so we would have to sleep where like one of our legs would have to be on one suitcase. The other one was like watching the other suitcase. Like, I don't know. It was just, it's just crazy, but you had to have each other's back. And, um, I mean, we got pickpocketed that trip, so they stole our wallet. So we didn't have any money, any credit cards, nothing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, we had our passports luckily, but we had to get money wired to us. It was a the day and age that cell phones weren't like a big thing like smartphones so and then we got stuck at another train station because the guy that this was like before airbnb and vrbo was couch surfing and um the guy who we were supposed to be staying on his couch couch surfing at he didn't come pick us up because he went out and partied with his friends instead. So oh we were stuck gosh. at this train station afterwards, and it was, like, the most bizarre thing in this little strip mall in Croatia. And it's just, like, these old fat guys smoking cigars and these young girls. It just was the most bizarre situation. Ugh. And her and I were just like, I guess we're staying at this train station until the morning we figure it out. And... Um, we had this kid who actually spoke English, and so he was intrigued. Like, where are you guys from? He was from New York, actually, and staying at, like, some farm down the road. So we stayed at this farm down the road. Oh, my God. How did but you guys not get sex trafficked? We stayed safe. I don't know. We somehow <laughs> stayed safe and just, like, trusted each other and stayed with each other. And we had the best time. So many fun memories. But um, – and a lot of gelato. So – yeah. Yes. Okay. So, Good travel companion yeah. advice. I feel like you have to have somebody who's open, right? Like flexibility. Somebody yes. who's open and somebody you can trust. Yep. Those are big. Okay. Dream places. Dream places. Okay. Let's do three dream places. One local in Colorado. Okay. One in the United States. Okay. And then one in the world. Okay. Um, my local would be Uray. Okay. I really want to go see it. I've heard it's absolutely gorgeous. I went there last year on a Via Ferrata, and it was awesome. Really? Yes. I've heard it's just stunning, like picture perfect. It is. You yeah. have to go there. I definitely want to give it a go. Okay. Colorado. I really, like, where would it be? I don't know. I've never been, like, to Grand Junction. I don't know if that's a place to You're go to. You're not missing to. anything. No. <laughs> Where else? I, mean, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where else I would want to go to. Maybe, um, what's that place with the, something Mesa with the, where the Native Americans? Oh, yeah. I went there when I was a kid. Okay. Um, I know what you're talking about, but I can't it's remember not what it's table. called. Mesa? Mesa Verde? I don't know. Shit, I don't know. But it's all the, like, uh, Yeah, Mesa Verde. Okay, Yeah. I feel like I would want to go there. I don't know if, if there's anything around there to do besides that. I was a kid when I went. I don't remember. Yeah, but it was cool. It was really neat. It's eight hours away, so I feel like that'd be a fun trip. Yeah, that would be fun to go to. Other than that, I've been to Telluride. I've been to... Oh, I've heard Telluride's beautiful, too. Yes. Or, you know what? The Strawberry Hot Springs. Oh, been there so really okay absolutely yeah okay that's gonna be my local pick yeah love that that's a good pick the strawberry hot springs all right united states where do you want to go you know i made it to new york but i did not get to go to new york city Mm. so it would be a tie between new york city or 
I would love one day to live on like the lower east coast and I really want to check out South Carolina. Okay. So those are definitely my two next places. Okay, okay. Let's see. I've been to a lot of places in the United States. I would say I have not been to Seattle. Oh, Seattle would be fun. Yeah, so I think I'd maybe want to check out Seattle or New Jersey, like the Jersey Shore. Mm-hmm. Sounds fun to me. Yes. Or, you know what? I haven't been to Nashville. Oh, Nashville's fun. Okay. I yeah. think that's my place. Nashville's totally yeah. fun. I love Tennessee. If you go to Nashville, I'm coming. I love Tennessee. Well, I might be going in May for a friend's bachelorette party. Oh, that'll be fun. Yeah. That When I went to Nashville, that's all it was, is girls in their bachelorette party. Like, there was one time when my ex and I were in, like, on Broadway in Nashville, and he was the only man in the room. Shut or, up. I'm sorry, not in the room. On the dance floor. Oh, my God. It was all girls in the bachelorette party. So, it's Ooh. a ton of fun. It's just, like, a bunch of people celebrating girls getting married. I love that. Yeah. That sounds fun. Yeah. I was considering Nashville for my bachelorette party, but then I was like, that's been so overdone. Oh, it's, like, the place everyone goes yeah. to. Yeah. So we're doing Mexico, Tulum. I'm very happy with our choice. I know. I'm excited. Yes. Okay, world. Where would you go to in the world? Dream vacation. Um, I'm going to say where I want to live in the world. Okay. I want to live in Belize for a year. Oh. I've heard great things about Belize. Yeah, it's super cool. It's just like this really, it it feels like this little beach town and like the locals are supposed to be super cool and relaxing and it's just gorgeous and dirt cheap to live there. Okay. Yeah, um, one of my ex-boyfriends, his grandma, I think, had like a hotel down in Belize I don't know if they still do. But and they speak English there, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like Mexico, right? Like, they speak Spanish and yeah. English. Yeah. Yeah, that would be phenomenal. Okay. Um, my dream trip. I don't know. I've heard great things about Thailand. That would be cool. So I think Thailand would be up there. Poland. Joe's Polish, so I would mm-hmm. love to go to Poland. Ireland, I've heard is amazing. Yeah. And I've heard that a lot lately, actually. I heard it's so green. Yeah. Like, I think Tennessee is green. I've heard it's, like, so oh, damn. green. Yeah, my friend Morgan, they went to Ireland for their honeymoon. Oh, cool. Um, the couple that we just met in Catalina Island, I asked them where, like, their best travel, their best, like, trip has been, and they were, like, surprisingly Ireland. Oh. And then I watched the New Jersey, Real Housewives of New Jersey, and today on the podcast, they were just talking about Ireland, and they were like, what the hell are we going to do in Ireland? And they said it was, like, top three trips that they won't ever take. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's my first thought, too. Like, I've heard Ireland's beautiful, but, like, what do you do I there? I think about, like, driving, like... The in the countryside yeah. or some shit and like yeah. being cold yeah and then like going to a, pub. a random pub yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's dark yes yes and it's like a wood bar yes right <laughs> and like a little sticky maybe yeah we watched too much sun's yeah. anarchy or something <laughs> for real but hey it sounds like a great time i don't know i would think oh you know what portugal oh okay yeah um, my cousins, I think that I'm getting this right. My cousin's husband goes to Portugal every Thanksgiving. 
Oh, does he have family there? No, he does it to get away from his family. That makes sense. Okay. <laughs> he does it, I think he does it as a friend's trip. I think that's right. Your cousin's husband. Yeah. He was doing it like and when they're they still married. Doing, yeah, they're actually going to go travel the um, country in a sailboat for at least the next year. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. I'm like, mm, that's oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. suspicious as hell. To me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think he has a girlfriend in Portugal. <laughs> that he wasn't visiting his family. Thanksgiving. Yeah, they, for some reason, they celebrate Thanksgiving in Portugal. <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, okay. Well, great. this was fun. So much fun. Now we, I'm excited. What's your next trip? Do you have one? Uh, yeah. Well, I'm going to back to Georgia. I love Georgia. And I'm going back to Georgia for a girlfriend's wedding that I'll be in. Hey, so, when is that? Uh, May. Okay. Next month. In a couple months. Two yeah. Months, yeah. Yeah. Almost next month. So it'll be exciting. Also, okay, wait, what's your next trip? <sighs> next booked trip is Tulum for the bachelorette party. Nice. Um, I might do Nashville for that friend's bachelorette party too. Sweet. So we'll see. Okay. Let's wrap it up with the March challenge. Okay. How's the March challenge going for you? Good. Done. Cool. I'm not great. <laughs> okay, reminder for the March challenge. It was to figure out a way to make 200 bucks On a side hustle. On a side hustle. Yes. I just posted a faux plant for sale, $11. So if you sell that here. It starts at 11 <laughs> So I am like 5% of the way there. Okay, well, you have a week. So Okay, I'm going to sell everything at home. I really want to start selling feet pics. Dude, do it. Joe is in full support. You should... Okay, I bet you that people would love to hear your process of feet pics on the podcast. Oh. You should totally try... I, I'll even say we can extend this out to April, the okay. contest. And let's see if you can make 200 bucks by the end of April send, selling Shh. feet pics. Feet finders? Like, what is this? Is it called feet finders? What there, is there are all these... T- I've, I've dived into this a little bit. I have a saved TikTok video about this girl who made money um, selling her feet. Okay. So I'll give you the TikTok videos. Please do. I think I, I need all the, the research that I can get. Yeah, right. and then we'll report back. What what are the websites? How did it work for you? So anybody who's interested I'll in post the feet post my link if anyone wants to subscribe. <laughs> So these piggly wigglies. She, she's got great feet. <laughs> they're okay. The, they're they're not bad. All right. So anywho, okay. the rest of y'all doing the March challenge. We want to hear how you're doing. Ashley, yeah. how did you make your extra 200 side hustle? I transported dogs from Texas to Colorado. Mm. Sounds like a dream. So much fun. I want to do it. Um, I'm going to keep doing it, and I may need somebody to cover me at some point in time. So... Let me know. Let yeah. your girl know. I'll let that you know. sounds like fun. It is so much fun. They're okay. so cute. It's hard not to buy a dog every time. I'm sure. Um, but yeah, it was fun. Okay, we're gonna keep you guys in the loop on Kendra's feet pick adventure. In the meantime, we love you guys. We love you. <laughs> That's a wrap on this episode of Thirty and Thriving. Kinda. We'll see you next time. Bye.